Welcome, everyone. We are now starting our Daf Yomi class. Today, we are starting a brand new Perik, Perik the fourth Perik of Shabbat. Uh, Perik Kira was a wonderful Perik. We hope to come back to it, hopefully, before seven years, but at least in seven years, Bezat Hashem, we'll be back learning the third Perik of Shabbat. Perik Bamet Tomnim is discussing the Isur of Hatmana. Now, as a little introduction to the Isur of Hatmana, you need to know the following. Number one, you need to know that Hatmana, there are two types of Hatmana in the Torah. The standard Hatmana in the Torah is a Hatmana where you put the food, a pot of food, in a insulating device. Okay? There is Hatmana B'davad She'en Mosif Haval. We're going to call that a thermos. Something of the thermos effect. You know how you could take hot water, put it in a thermos, and take it out three hours later and it's still hot. Similarly, that Hatmana is Davar She'en Mosif Haval. The Torah allows that in on Friday. However, not on Shabbat. There is something things that add heat. Putting a pot of food in something that adds heat is asur not only on Shabbat, but even on Friday, it's asur as a gezerah. The rabbis are worried that if you take something off the fire on Shabbat, before Shabbat and put it in something that increases the heat, you might put it in remits, like we said before, you might put it in sand slash coals, and then you'll blow on the coals on Shabbat. Now, our Mishnah is discussing these things. Now, for, for us city dwellers, uh, we're ignoramuses when it comes to these things, and we are not aware of it, but people who live in the in the rural areas know that your lawn cuttings are a energy source. So if you're a gardener and you, and you um, cut the grass, you can theoretically use the cut grass clippings as an energy source. You can uh, look this up in your local encyclopedia, but all um, those things are called compostable material, materials. And together they can make they can make food hot, right? If you put it, they actually could catch fire. It's actually dangerous if you have a big, big pile of grass clippings and other stuff. It could actually catch fire. So it actually increases heat. And there's an avera to take your pot of of mechshi before Shabbat and put it in this hot grass composting pile, okay? This pedic is discussing what you're allowed to put things in and what you're not allowed to put, put it in. So we're going to read the first Rashi. What could you cover your pot with? The word tamun is hiding. What could you hide your pot in? Says Rashi. A person who wants to remove his pot 
from his oven, and to hide it in something else. But the rabbi said, you can't stick it in anything that increases the heat. Like a warmer, like a warmer, Rabbi, right? Yes, a warmer. But over here we're talking about uh, a pile of organic materials that can actually increase heat. Like I told you. With the, with the grass. Yeah. Grasses and other things like that increase heat. Yeah. You're only allowed to put it in something that will store the heat. It'll insulate it, but not will not increase it. The, more, the Mishnah is asking, What are the things that add heat and are forbidden even before Shabbat starts? So let's see the Mishnah now. Says the Mishnah. With what can you torment and what can you not torment? What can you cover and what can you not cover? You cannot put it in gefet. We've had gefet before. Before we've translated it as um, sesame residue. Uh, the Gemara will discuss what gefet means here. Not with dung. Animal dung is also organic material. Uh, I don't think you'd want it too close to your mechshi, but I guess if your pot is sealed closed, it could keep it very, very piping hot. Lobe melach, not with salt. Lobe seed, and not with uh, whitewash. Lobe chol, and not with sand. Ben lahin, ben yevishin. All these things beforehand, one, um, gefet, zevel, melech, seed, and chol, these five, you can't put it whether it's, whether the item is wet or whether the item is dry. Now understand, that the dampness of the item increases heat. Okay? Now, we're going to list other things you can't do. Velo betevin, not with hay. Lo zagin, and not with zagim. Zagim, rabotai, is the leftovers of great pressing. Okay? Velo and not with cotton. Not with grass. When the grass is wet. But you can't put it with them when they are dry. When these things are dry. So the last bunch of things, when they're dry, it's okay to put it in. But not when it's wet. Good. Says the Gemara, I'll ask you a question. There are two things that are called gefet in the Torah, two substances that could be called gefet. One of them is the residue of olives. The other one is the residue of of, um, sesame. So our Gemara wants to know, now, by the way, one thing you need to know is that olives get much hotter than sesame. So when the Mishnah says before in the Mishnah, you can't put it in gefet, whether it's dry or wet. We want to know gefet, whether it's dry or wet. We want to know, is that gefet? When we're talking about olive ones, and if we're talking about olive ones, so the fact that we told you olives means only olives, but sesame is okay. Or are we saying 
sesame, and if we're saying sesame, olives are certainly not okay. Carl, are you with me on this or no? If we're talking sesame, then we certainly know that olives are no good. But if we're talking about olives, then sesames probably are good because why would we say this and not that? Right. Um, it seems like some of us explain that over here when we said gefet, we're not usually the word gefet means sesame, but we're not sure if the language of the Mishnah should read gefet or gefet shazatim. Okay, that's the question. What is the actual proper girsa of our Mishnah? Are you with me, Irv? Awesome. So why didn't it just say gefet, uh, you know, of olives? Yeah, right, right. So it, it seems like the Gemara's question was, what is the proper girsa? Our version says Gefet plain, but maybe right. other versions were Gefet Gilzadim, but we're trying to figure out which one's right. Okay. Okay. So the Gemara here says, Tashma, I'll bring your proof. Rabbi Zera said, in the name of one of the guys by Rabbi he said the following. Okay. Kupa shetamanba a kupa, which is a um, if you have a kidera that has something in it, right? A kupa. Hold on. Sorry. Okay, kupa, if you have a box, shetamunba, that you put in it a pot, asur la'anicha al gefet shezatim. So imagine you have a box, and in it, the box has in it, um, basically you have a box that has cotton in it. And if the cotton is dry, it's okay to put your, your cholent in the, pot, in the box to stay hot. But you're not allowed to take that box and put that box on top of a box full of olives, olive residue. Why? Because the the heat that rises from the olive residue will go up and heat up your box. So your box is only insulating. But when you put the insulating box on top of the heat-producing olive residue, it'll end up making your insulating thing into a heat producing thing. Carl, you got that? Ben, you with me? Yes, Robert. Wonderful. Right. If we see that, we must be talking about Zetim because Rabbi would have picked a case. You see that if we say Shel Zetin, it must be that our Mishnah is also talking about Shel Zetin. Versus no. Really, I can tell you when it comes to Hatmana, when it comes to Hatmana, putting your stuff in it, Shum Shemin is also Asur. When it comes to uh, having heat come out of it, olive residue has heat come out of it, but 
uh, sesame residue makes what's in it hot, but it doesn't make what's on top of it hot. Are you with me, Carl? Yeah. So now we're saying that you don't know what the Mishnah meant. Maybe the Mishnah was talking about sesame. And the reason why this other thing said olives is because it's talking about having extra heat enough to heat something on top of it, which the other one doesn't want to switch to the other side. Other yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that again, Moshe, please. We brought a raya from a statement of Rav Yanai. Rav Yanai was saying that you can't put your davash to eno mosif haval on top of a mosif of, of zetim. Now, if you were also, and it says specifically the word zetim there. Now, if you were also allowed to put it on sesame, in other words, if you're also not allowed to put it on top of sesame, he would have said the word sesame. Why do you say olives? Obviously, only olives are a problem. We don't know. Over there, since we're talking about putting something on top of it, there only olives are a problem. But here we're talking about something in it. For that, even sesame might be a problem. And it's not a proof. Okay. Says the Gemara further. We have a story over here. Rabba and Rabzeira came to the house of the Reish Galuta. Okay. Now, the Reish Galuta was a Jewish man who was a politically connected figure and had money. One time, Rabba and Rabzeira came there and they saw one of his Evid Knani on Shabbat. He was putting a cold water glass into a tea kettle on Shabbat. The tea kettle was hot, and the cold water was cold. Nisei Rabbah. Rabbah yelled at the slave, not the Jewish slave, not to do that. What's different from the rule of Mecham? We said it's okay to put hot water on top of another hot water tea kettle. So why, thank you, Shmuel. So why should this be any different? Amarlay, so he told him back, Hadam ekume komukum. Over there, the hot water that you're putting in is just staying hot. Haka olidi komolid. Here we're increasing the heat. When you put something that is cold into you're something cooking. hot, you're, cooking. you're increasing the heat of the cold thing, and therefore it's asur. I just explained it to you according to the Tosfor. There's other explanations going to other Vishunim. We're just explaining this according to Tosfor. Are we clear? Okay. The rest of the story, Let's now for the rest of the story. The rest of the story is as follows, Jabutai. Hadar Chazye, while Raba and and Rabbi Zayir were there, they also saw this slave, the Paris de Stur Apume de Kuba. He spread a head covering on the mouth of the Kuba. There was a kankan, which was a barrel of liquid. Okay. And he took the ladle that was used 
you know, there's a barrel liquid, you always have a ladle to pull out the stuff. He, he, this guy spread a head covering over the barrel, a clean head covering over the barrel, and he left the ladle on top of the head covering after he had took the liquid out of the barrel. The anach natla alave, he left the ladle on top of it. With his head, Abba, and Abba yelled at him. Amalei Abzeris, or Abzeris says, what are you yelling at this guy, Hazit, for? Amai, why are you yelling at him? There's no asur, there's no isur in putting a ladle on top of a head covering. Who cares? What do you do wrong? Is there any avera in putting a ladle on top of a head covering? Why is it wrong? So he told him, Amalei, so Rabba said back, Hashna chazit. Now you'll see. Lesof in the end, Chazya he saw the kame He saw that the guy was wringing out the head covering from the liquid that was on it. And of course, wringing out the head covering is the isur of squeezing sechita. And therefore, Rabbi says, you know why I yelled at him earlier? Because I knew. And if he puts the ladle that's wet on top of this head covering, he's going to come to give it a squeeze. And by giving it a squeeze, he'll do sechita on Shabbat. That's why I yelled at him. Is everyone with me? Yes. Ah! Wonderful. Ben? Yes. Thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, good. Rabbi, isn't it a guy doing the squeezing? What do we care who does the squeeze? If the guy does the squeezing, he's not doing it for the rabbi. Wonderful. So you're assuming, Ralph, I didn't even know you were on, but you're right, assuming rabbi. that the Evan is a guy. I'm assuming that the Evan is a Jew. Evan Kanani. That's what Kanani I understood. He was a Jew. Jew. Right? Yeah. And that's why he's being yelled at. And that's why the question really that some of the rabbis are asking are the opposite. Some of the rabbis are asking over here, like, how could he say, wait and you'll see? What do you mean, wait and you'll see? How do you let the guy do the Averah? Oh, because he lives in the rabbi's house, so you figured he would learn from the rabbi. What do you mean? He yelled at the guy in the beginning. And then the others, the representative tells him, what are you yelling at the guy? Wait and see, you'll see why he yelled at him. And he waits. And the guy takes the thing and he rings it out. If you know that's going to happen, stop him. Right. Well, you thought the yelling would help. Usually uh, yelling would help, no? Well, yeah, well, maybe. What are you saying, Skat? Well, in the first case, he yelled at him. And we don't see that it happened afterwards. Right? In the first case, he yelled at him. He just explained to the rabbi why he yelled at him. But... It doesn't show that the Evid actually did the Avera. In the second case, he yelled at him not to, why did you put the why did you put the ladle there? The ladle's there. He yelled at the ladle. Yes, I guess he put it in, but maybe he took it off right away. I'm assuming he took it off right away. Maybe you're right. It didn't say they took it off right away. By assumption, maybe he did. Right? But in the first case, he didn't know what was going to happen and continued. It happened and he yelled at him. Okay, what do you want him to do? But in this case, he, he, he saw it there. The reason why he's yelling because he knows he's going to squeeze it. 
And then he lets him come back and squeeze it. Whose spot? This is yours. So the Svat Emet explains, it doesn't mean he saw him squeeze it. It means he saw him come to squeeze it. But it doesn't sound like that in the Torah. The word Me'atzer means to squeeze. Yeah. So that's one way. Another rabbi says that no, it means he squeezed it, but he squeezed it after Shabbat was over. And he's just saying, you see, that's what happens. Because I yelled at him, he didn't do it, but otherwise you would have squeezed it on Shabbat. Okay, let's see the Gemara further. Amar told him, What is it different than the regular barrel covering? In a regular barrel covering, they have a cloth covering over the barrel, and you, oh, no one cares if it's wet. When you have a regular barrel covering, it's meant to get wet. Nobody squeezes it out because it's okay if it's wet. But this barrel covering, which is really a head covering, since it's really a head covering, people get my feet, they want to squeeze it out. And that's why you'll become to a sure of Sikhita on Shabbat. Rabbi, okay. could you put the cursor where, uh, where we are, please? Yes. Okay. What's the name of Okay, we did that already. Okay, we're up to Loba Tevin. Let's move it up. Okay, top line. In the Gemara, we're on the two dots. On the screen, we're on the top line. Tevin says the Gemara, the following question. Mukhan, by the way, are uh, is cotton. Now, cotton usually is mukse on Shabbat because it's not there for any purpose. It's mukse on Shabbat. We want to know the following question: If I took mukhin and I took my kibeham dapat and I took it off the fire, and I put it in my Amazon box together with cotton all around it to keep the heat inside. Did that cotton still mukse on Shabbat? Or do we say now that you set it aside to be your hatmana, now it's not mukse? You with me, guys? Yeah. Awesome. Says the Gemara. Which means, normally, muhin is 10 times the price of straw. And straw does the job just as good as muhin. If this guy is putting his kibahamda in muhin, it means he happens not to have straw. So, says the Gemara, if the guy doesn't happen to have straw, does that mean that he doesn't care about the mukhin? One second, run and get run. run. Right now. Right? Just because he doesn't have straw right now, does that mean he's mafkir is mukhin? He's not mafkir is mukhin. He wants the mukhin. 
to be used for a regular purpose. You're not going to throw them out. Straw is not good, but mukhi is expensive. And therefore, since he still wants his mukhi, therefore the mukhi are still mukseh. If he was using them as and he's mafkir them, so he's mafkir them. But just because he's out of tent right now, doesn't mean he's not here or is mukim. Let's prove the statement. It says, You're allowed to do hatmana in gizetzemer and sipetzemer. These are all types of wool. And purple wool. And mukim. But you can't move them. So, so you see that these things are mukse, but you can't even though you do hatmana, you can't move them. Says you no. If that was my proof, it wouldn't be enough. This is all it means to say. When we set, when we see the when we that says to that was saying you could do hatmana. And if you don't do hatmana, then they're muksa. But that wouldn't be a proof to our case where if you did do hatmana, whether or not they're muksa or not. Are you following this, Carl? Or I lost you? I think I lost you. Yeah, you lost me a little bit. There we go. Okay. So you have a you have a box. And yet and you have a pot of mechshi. You with me, Moshe? A box and a pot of mechshi. And you you don't want to leave your fire on Shabbat. Your mother's worried. Fire is dangerous. Okay, so you heat it up till candle lighting time, and you take a box full of muhin, which is cotton that could be used to stuff pillows, and you say, okay, I'll take my give a the pot, and I'll put it in the muhin, and it'll stay hot on Shabbat. We want to know. The mukhin was mukseh before. Did the mukhin now that you're using it as an insulator for your kebahamdapat, does the mukhin become not mukseh? So we said, not necessarily. The rabbi said, no, just because you're at a straw today doesn't mean that you want your mukhin to be only insulators. You're going to take it out later and put it in your, put the mukhin in your uh, pillows. You're not going to do it. And therefore, since it's still waiting to use the pillows, it's muksa. Because anything that's waiting to be used later, a person's mocked on Since you're still mocked it's muksa. You with me, guys? Yep. Good. Now the Gemara says, ah, I can bring you another proof. There's a brighter that says you could use these five things. One of them is mukhin. Uh, tongues of purple wool, this wool, that wool, and mukhin. You can use it for mana on Shabbat, like we said. And you can't move them. They're muksa. Oh, so you see that they're muksa even though you use them. Well, no, the question is that that we said they're muksa means if you didn't use them. But if you did use them, not necessarily they're muksa. That you can't prove it from there. Okay? If that's what I'm telling you, of course, we don't need you to teach me that. Mukhin is muksa. You might think that even though, even though it might, even though you weren't using your batmana, maybe you'll say mukhin is good to lie down on, and kamash mulan that people do not usually lie down on it, and therefore they muksa. But it's not a proof. Okay. Next part of the gemara, two dots. 
says the Gemara, Berchista Shara Lahadure Udra Lebeisadia Beshapta. Let's say you have a pillow, and the pillow has stuffing that came out of the pillow. Can you put the stuffing back in the pillow on Shabbat? Okay? Reb Chista you're allowed to untie a neck hole on Shabbat. But you can't, you can't open it. It says you can't put back the, you can't put the, the stuffing into a pillow on Shabbat. So how could you tell me that the let you put it in Shabbat? Here, this bride is saying one of his things is that you can't put stuffing into pillow on Shabbat. First, let me explain the first part of the bride. The bride was saying if you have a betat savat, a betat savat is a neck hole. Nowadays, we don't have this. But in the olden days, when people wore a long garment, which was a big robe that you just slip on over the top, it had a neck hole to put your head in. And when you sent your when you sent your garment to the cleaners, they would send it back with a temporary cloth sewn in around the neck. Where, to show you that nobody used your garment while you gave it into the cleaners. I guess in the older days, people would suspect the cleaner guys of wearing their clothes. So in order that you know no one wore it. They would sew something around the neck when you came in. And when they give it back to you, they take out the, the thing in the neck hole. You got that, Irving? So now, we're saying here, you can remove that on Shabbat. But you can't cut open a hole, a neck hole on Shabbat in a garment. If a garment never had a neck hole, you can't cut it open. And another law is that you're not allowed to put back this, put the, Put the stuffing in a pillow on Yom Tov and certainly not on Shabbat. So how could Rav Chista allow you to put it back on, on Shabbat? Here we're saying you're not allowed to. Um, this, the reason why you can't put it back, is it because of Makev Batish? Um, yes. Um, and also, when it comes to the, the Beta Savai, the reason why you can't open it, you can only open it when it was already open before? Yes. What if there's a uh, cutting line in it? Like a, a, meaning a seamed out line on the neck hole to cut it off. You, you're talking about the mutar case or the asur case? Asur case, uh, mutar case. In the mutar case, in the mutar case, it was already opened already before. And all you're doing now is that the, the cleaners sewed in a garment so you know that no one wore it while it was being in the cleaners. That sewn-in garment can be removed. What's the difference between if it was already sewn-in or if it's brand new? If it's brand new, it's not a sewn-in garment. It's part of the fabric of the cloth. Once it's, if it's still part of the fabric of the cloth, then... Then it's asur. Mm. 
Bro, okay. like nowadays, you know when you buy a suit, the flaps on the back are still tied down? Right. Is that, what we're is that, what, is that similar to what we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Very similar. But this would be over the over the neck hole. Answer the Gemara, no. Lok one is when something is new and one is when it's old. When the rabbi said you could put it back, that was a pillow that used to have stuffing in and stuffing fell out. That you could put back. But the, the writer that says you can't put it in is talking about a pillowcase that never had stuffing in it. So you can't stuff it the first time on Shabbat with stuffing because that's Makeh Batish, making something brand new. Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a writer that supports this as well. But if it came out, certainly on Yom Tov. Okay. If you open up a neck hole in a garment, so if you have a garment that had no head neck hole, so it was in the, in the processing stage of being made, manufactured, and it had no neck hole, and you can't open a neck hole to put your head in, you're chayav chatat. You know, sometimes people are in shul, and it starts raining. And what do they like to do? <coughs> Anyone know? What happens, Uncle Carl, if you're Friday night, if you walk to Ireland on Friday night, and when they you get there, it's not raining, and on your way back, it's pouring, and you didn't bring a coat. What do you do? What do you want to do, Carl? They take a garbage You want to take your jacket and throw it on top of your head. That's no, one thing. You, you can't do that. What else do you do? You take a garbage bag, Rabbi. You make a hole, and then you wear it. Ah. What could be wrong with making a hole in a garbage bag on your back? That's uh, like building a tent. No, it's like this case. You're opening up a neck hole in a garment. Mm -hmm. Right? You had a garbage bag and you made a neck hole in it so to stick your head right. out. Oh, maybe a garbage bag is a little different because it's not a fabric, it's not a permanent garment, but it's certainly a problem. Matki Plagav Kahana. Sir Kahana asked him a question. Let's turn the page here. Ma Benzel What's the difference in opening up a neck hole, which you said is asur, and popping open a barrel to get the to get the pickles out of the barrel? Right? The Brighta says you're allowed to pop it off with a, with a with a sword on Shabbat. And no one said it's like you're making a keli. How come that's asur? That's Asur, and this is Mutar. Make up your mind, either both Asur or both Mutar. What's the difference between opening up the neck hole of the garment, like the garbage bag with the neck hole, and this? The place of the neck hole was all connected. And when you open it, you're making it used, and you're making it Kelly. But when it comes to the top of the barrel, it's not a piece of the barrel. It just gets stuck to the barrel. And when you pop it off, you do not make a keli. Which means so, as follows. They used to have a barrel cover. 
and the barrel cover was glued on. And the people would take their swords and they use the sword as a uh, wrench to rip off the, the, the seal from the cover of the barrel. And we said, oh, that's the same thing as popping open a neck hole on Shabbat with a sword. No. A neck hole, you're separating things that were connected. Here, or neck hole, you're separating the, the threads of a, of a garment. Here, you're separating two things that were glued together, which was not making a kale, just opening a kale, not making a kale. Is it like you can't open a rabbi these days? Well, it depends how the cans are made. I don't know how the cans are made on Shabbat, uh, in general. If the cans are here, you're ripping, in a can, you're ripping open I'll tell you what it's more like. It's more like uh, orange juice bottles in the old days that used to have a pull tab in the middle. You remember the orange juices that used to have a thing that you stick your finger in and pull it out? Uh-huh. Yep, yep. So over there, you're making a new hole in the keli. That's a problem. Because the, what, what you're pulling out was a plastic thing that was one big sheet of plastic and you're popping it out. But when it comes to a can, if you're just separating it on the lines and you're opening it where it was, so that's not a avera. The heter with the can is a different heter. It could be chotlot. That's a different gemara. But for this gemara, we're just saying that things that were two things and sealed together, you're always allowed to unglue them. That's not a problem. Okay? Ramali Rabhirmiya we're going to go off topic a little bit. The Gemara is now going to talk about two things that get glued together or stuck together. Are they considered connected? Once we spoke about this now, we're going to mention these other things. It says the Gemara as follows. Ramadir of Yemri Alarab Zair. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. Shalal Shal Kopsin. Uh, laundry men used to do an old, besides sewing the neck hold clothes, they used to sew everyone's garments together in order to be able to wash them all together in the machine. Or not in a machine, or whatever they, however they wash them. So, Shalal Shedkobsen is a line of a lot of different people's clothes sewn together. Or if you have a chain of keys. Or if you have a garment that was sewn with shatnez, chibur it is considered a connection for tumah, which means that if I have ten suits sewn together for the laundry purposes, and one of them becomes tameh, since they're all sewn together, they all became tameh, and so is all the other things. If you get one key tameh, they're all tameh. If you take one Garment that's sewn with clayin with shotness, they all become tamin. That is until the guy starts to untie them. Once he starts to untie them, then even if he's not finished yet, but the fact that he started to untie them, it makes it breaks up the thing. And if one becomes tamin, the other one doesn't become tamin. Alma shalom matnacha nami chibur. We see that not only 
while you're working, are they considered a chibur? But even, I'm sorry. You see that even while you're not working, they're still considered chibur, right? Like the, like when you have the case of the of the laundrymen who tie the thing up together on top. That's considered a problem. It's considered chibur if one gets the other old time, even though I'm not working on it right now. Still, I'm not cleaning them right now. They're still considered chibur until I start to I'll ask a contradiction. I'll show you a place where it's not a chibur. Makel, if you have a stick, a wooden stick, that was made for an axe. So I have an axe handle. That, that broke. So instead of using a new one, I take a piece of wood and I stick it into the axe head and I start using it to cut wood. So if the axe head gets tamer, the whole stick is tamer too. That's only while I'm chopping with it. But but if I'm not chopping with it, it's not a chibur. So how could you tell me that the scene that when you put string together all the garments for laundry, it's a chibur always until I want to undo the string. I should only be a chibur while I'm washing them, but not the whole time. Just like you see over here that the stick to the accent is only chibur while you're chopping. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Nobody does. Okay. You got it? I think so, yeah. Good, Ben. Let's try this one more time for the other guys. Moshe, you with me? Okay. So one more time for the guys who don't have it clear. Ralph, you with me or no? I sort of understand it. Yeah, me too. Okay, let me give you one more time. You have, we have a question. You had all these, the case of all the, all the clothes going together. So Ben and Moshe and Carl all give their suits in to Mars cleaners. And the cleaners has a special dry cleaning method, but he can't put one piece at a time. It gets lost. So what he does is, I'm sorry, I'll give you a good example. Mr. Mars cleaners get together with uh, IDA cleaners and they buy this huge machine that takes care of all the clothes, dry cleans them perfectly without ruining anything. Doesn't make it shiny, doesn't ruin it. It's unbelievable. And they bought it together $3 million. And now they're going to do all their clothes in it. But they're afraid. They don't want to mix up all their stuff. So when you're giving your stuff to the cleaners, he, they sew all the clothes together. So Carl and Irving and Moshe give all the suits in, and all the suits get sewn together to put in the cleaners, and then they're going to take them out, okay? And they're going to yeah. unsew them and give them back to everybody. Beautiful. Now, while they're doing that, um, if Ir- Irving's clothes become tamer for some reason, now that Irving's clothes became Tamer, all the clothes got Tamer. Why? Because since they're sewn together, it's considered one thing and all the clothes are Tamer. That's what we said. Beautiful. We're asking a question. The only time Irving's becomes, sorry, and the Gemara over this is, when does it stop getting, when it's, 
When does it stop being a connection? As when, soon as the guy in Mars cleaners starts cutting the threads, so he's showing he wants to rip them apart. Once he does that, they're not connected. And even if they're still sewn, since the guy took out the scissors to cut them, so we know he's about to cut them, it's not connected. And if then Irving's thing becomes Tamir, if Irving's thing becomes Tamir, then, then Moshe's suit is not Tamir. Because once he took out the scissors to start cutting, he separates them, even if he didn't actually cut. That was the rule by that we said in the beginning. That was from here we had Zayr. Okay? From the Mishnah. But we ask you another question. You see by the axe head that when you have an axe head with no handle and you take a temporarily piece of wood to stick as an axe handle, it was also a temporary connection. While you're chopping it, they're considered connected. But once you stop chopping, it's not considered connected. So how come by the sewn together clothes, even after you're laundering them, they're still connected until you take out the scissors. And over here, as soon as you stop chopping, the two things are not considered connected. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Really? Okay, I'll take it. No, I got, I got it. He's, you're saying um, why with the, when you when you stop uh, when you stop banging why is it uh, that considered um, where it comes um, it's like it's already separated and by right. the clothes it's not already separated for two more purposes right. until you take out the scissors to start splitting them correct so Amarle the Gemara is going to differentiate the cases. I think you got you to move the page for me, Rabbi. What? You got to move the page, please. Okay. Says Gemara, Hatam over there, Shalom b'shavnacha, Adam asun lezorkol benayitzin. When it comes to the case of the axe, while you're not chopping with the wood, a person is likely to throw it in his wood pile for firewood. Hatha Shalom b'shavnacha nami michale. When it comes to the when it comes to the case of the axe head, where you put a new piece of wood as an axe handle, once you finish chopping, you want to take it off and put it in your wood pile. And therefore, since you want it off, as soon as you stop chopping, it's off. But when it comes to the, the garments that are sewn together for the corpses, what is I, the cleaner, is going to do if one of the suits gets dirty again. He wants to leave it together so he can chuck it back into the machine. And therefore, since he wants it back together, in case it gets dirty again, it's considered a chibur until you take the scissors out to snip it. You got it? But by the accent, as soon as you finish chopping the wood, you want it off and you want to put it back in your wood pile. And that's the difference between the two cases. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Let's read that inside. Over there, by the axe, as soon as you're not working with it, Adam person wants to chuck it among his wood pile. Over here, even when you're not cleaning the stuff, Morris Cleaner still wants it connected. Because if it gets dirty, he's going to put it back in the machine. Okay. 
That was one thing. Now we're going to talk about a new case of also utensils attached together. Okay? In Surah, they would learn this in Rav Chista's name. That's one town. In the town of Pompadita, they quote Rav Kana as the protagonist in the story. The Amrila and others say in Pumbadita they did it in Mishmede Rava in Rava's name. So it's a machloket if the following statement should be Ramchista, Rava, or Ramkahana. But either way, here goes. Man Tana, who is the Tana? Hamilta da Rabbanan, the statement that the rabbis say. Anything that's connected to it is like it. And if one got Tameh, they're all Tameh. Who is the statement who said such a thing? Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, Yehuda's the name of Rav, Reb Meir, he, the Tana has to be Reb Meir. In what Mishnah? The Tanah, we learned in the Mishnah, Bet HaPach, if you have a kira, Irving, what is a kira? Oven. An oven, thank you. So now some ovens are bare bones ovens, and they just come with the oven, which is a big clay thing to put a fire inside. Some ovens come with all the trimmings. And trimmings means they have a little spot in front that you can put a candle, which is like the modern day lights. They have a spot on the side that you can put your spices. You can leave your salt and pepper in it. And if you want to spice up your hameen or your maude, you could always leave this pepper handy. It has a little pepper tray attached to it. Or they have a place to put oil. If you want to put a little extra oil in your maude, they have a little shelf that attaches to it to do it. I'm going to show you a little picture. Wait, you can't see my picture? Can you see my picture when I put it to the screen? Hold on one second. I got to see what I'm, I got to see what I'm showing you. Let me just make this bigger. So I can't see what I'm doing. Stop sharing your screen, Rabbi. Stop sharing? Okay, hold on. Now there you I go. See. Good. Okay, guys, you see this little cut, this little item? Yeah. So in the middle, there's a little shelf with a candle hanging on it. On the side, there's a shelf with the oil on it. And on the other side, there's another shelf that you could put your... Utensils? You could put Spices. Your, uh, one for oil, one for a candle, one for spices. Okay? So if you get the deluxe version, you don't end up with just a thing. You get a nice one, Carl. Even the older days, you think you only had uh, sub-zeros and wolves in the older days. Now, that all this is a wolf. This is a serious item. They charge you at least uh, 30 uh, zoos for this thing. <laughs> this baby has got your back at least 30 zoos, maybe more. Okay? And you walk into somebody's house, you can tell if he's got if he's got a beta pach or a beta ned, you know he's highlined. Okay? Anyway. So, in the Gemara. It's like a barbecue nowadays, Rabbi. 
Right, the barbecues, they want to charge you a lecture. They put, a, they put on the side a little burner in case you like uh, don't have a stove in your house. And you want to like cook noodles next to it. You can make, make shawarma and all that stuff on the yeah, barbecues. Yeah, all these things that nobody uses, they put it next to you. They're going to charge you a little more money for it, right? Mm -hmm. So In stock and focus camera. In stock and focus camera. Please call Carl afterwards. Please call <laughs> Ralph afterwards. Okay. Um, let's go back to the story here, guys. Amar Behuda Amarav. Remeri, the Tzan, we learned in the Mishnah, Beta Pach, the shelf to put the oil, Ubeta Tibalin, and the shelf to put the spices, Ubeta Ner, and the shelf to put the candle lamp, Shebakira, that are on Yakira, Mitamim Bimaga, they become Tameh if somebody touches, if a Sheretz touches the Kira. Not only is the kira tameh, but even your candle shelf, which attaches, and even your spice shelf that attaches, and even your um, oil shelf that attaches, will be tameh too. But if the kira gets tameh from the air inside it, because the kira can, a, a kili cheres can become tameh from the air inside, then the shelves do not... How could it become Tameh from air? Well, if uh, a Sheretz will come in the airspace of the open inside airspace of the Kira, it could be Matam of the Kira. Okay? Okay. Divrei Rameir. These are Rameir's words. Rabbi Shimon Mitaher. Rabbi Shimon says, no, the Kira is Tameh, but the shelves are still Tahor. So we want to know so says the Gemara. Bishlamar of Shimon. I understand Rub Shimon. What he holds. Kasavar Lavkakiradami. He holds that the shelves are not part of the Kira. They're attachable and they're not part of the Kira. And if they're not part of the Kira, who cares if Kira got Tameh? But the shelves are still Tahor. You with me, Carl? You didn't put back the page that I lost you for a minute. Oh, uh, so why don't you speak up a minute? Hold on a second. I was, but then I was trying to listen, then I got distracted for a minute. I apologize. So Mari says, Bishlamalar Bishimon, I understand according to Bishimon, Kasabarlav Kikira Dami. He holds that those shelves are not part of the Kira. And therefore, so what you Kira got Tame, they're not Tame. And Rameir, but according to Rameir, E Kikira Dami, I don't understand. If you hold it like the Kira, I feel about So if the kiri got tameh, even if it got tameh from the air, the shelves should be tameh. Ilaka kiri dami. If they're not like a kira, I feel about It should become tameh even by touching. What's the difference? Make up your mind. If it's tameh, it's always tameh. Maga or avir. If it's not tameh, it should always be not tameh. So Rai says no. Leolam really love kikira dami. Really, it's not like a kira. And the rabbis made a gezerah. That's all. Sigmar says, If they make a gezerah, they should make a gezerah also on the Abir also. The rabbis made a, the rabbis don't want to make everything Tameh. Because if we make everything Tameh, you're going to think it's Tameh de Oraita. And then you'll go if you if you have tinuma in it, 
and t- that touches this shelf, you're going to end up saying, oh, if it's fully tamer, and I put my tinuma in my tinuma oil on the oil shelf, you might end up saying, you might end up saying, oh my gosh, I was mitamer my tinuma oil. Let me burn the tinuma oil. But really, you're not allowed to burn the tinuma oil because you're only allowed to burn something that's, that's tamer de oraita. This is only tamer de rabbanan. So in order that you recognize that it's only tamer de rabbanan, what do the rabbis do? We say, ah, we'll only make something tamer from the touching and not the airspace. And then when you wonder, how come only from the touching and not the airspace? And they'll say, oh, I know, but only tamer de rabbanan. You remember, and that'll remind you not to burn the tenuma oil that was in the oil shelf of your kira. Are you with me, guys? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You got that, Moshe? Yes, Rabbi. Yes. Again, there was a statement that said, whatever's attached is the same. So we're saying, who said that? That must be Ramer, because Ramer is the one who says that the shelves of Akira are like Akira for Maga. But the Gemara is asking, why are they only for Maga, not for Avir? Answers the, answers the Gemara. Oh, really, it's not Tameh at all, Deoraita. Only Tameh de Rabbanan. So why do they make Avir too? No, the rabbis don't want to make Avir, because then you'll think it's Deoraita. And then you'll burn the oil if, it, if you think it's Tameh. Really, if it's Tameh de Rabbanan, you're not supposed to burn the oil. You're only supposed to set it aside. You're not supposed to burn it. It's only Tameh de Rabbanan. And burning to the Maz is Isur. You got it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. But so yeah, more so you have to know that every sick every vessel is its own law. In Mesechet Kilim. There's 30 parakim of different vessels, and each one has different rules. You can't bring a proof from a wagon to an oven. No. Okay? Guys, to scale the we're going to start tomorrow night on Tanur Rabbanan. To scale the what? Morris Friday, Rabbi. What? Morris Friday. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow yeah, Friday. What time? Ben, we do it every day. This is Daf Yomi. We don't skip days. I'm going to start tomorrow night. What time, oh, not, Rabbi? Not night. Yeah, we're not going to do it tonight. I try, we try to keep Shabbat even with coronavirus. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to do it uh, at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. 5 o'clock, okay. Anyone who wants to join tonight, we're having a, a Chumash class at 10. What time, Ralph? 10 o'clock, but maybe a small comes with the Rabbi's energy. Ah, okay. Let's we'll see what happens. Come back, same, uh, same personal identification room. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Abby. Yeah, I'm as well. Bye.